Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. And I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays, because... Wednesdays is always our four podcasts. Yes. So, you guys, today before we get into our episode about Waverly Hills... Which is actually really funny. We were gonna we were talking about making a drinking game with this podcast. Every time I say place, <laughs> Waverly Place. Okay, so being brought up in the Disney world that I was brought up in, you have, you know, the Lizzie McGuire days, the Hannah Montana days. Well, Wizards of Waverly Place was a huge show um, back then. So I'm just accustomed to saying Waverly Place. So when I say Waverly Hills, it usually comes out Waverly. Hills or Waverly Place. <laughs> was that the one that Selena Gomez was on? Yes, it was. Okay. <laughs> so here comes our 10 year age difference. That's probably about the only thing I remember is I was like, oh yeah, Selena Gomez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um we were talking about having a drinking game, if you're listening to this not at work, uh, where every time I say place or driving. Or yes, or driving. Safe place home. to drink an alcoholic beverage home. people <laughs> make sure you're at home <laughs> um every time i say place you take a shot so you'll be drunk by the end of this podcast shot 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 everybody because <laughs> we all know i'm gonna say fucking place every fucking time i say hills want to so say hills. you guys heard it first <clears throat> if you catch it take a shot if you want. You if obviously you don't have to do it. To. It wasn't like a necessary thing, but it yeah. was like, we could just get our listeners some fucked up. Could totally make this into a drinking game. <laughs> but uh, we are not responsible. Okay. We told you to drink responsibly. Drink if you at don't, home. That is your problem, not ours. Anyway. <laughs> so before we get into the podcast today, we wanted to give some serious shout outs because um you guys are the reasons why we, one of the reasons why we keep doing this. We do oh, this, yeah. of course, because we love horror and we love talking about it. But people coming up and saying, like, you've made my week better. I've always waited for this on Wednesdays. That stuff means a lot to us. So we wanted to give some shout outs to some people um, that have, or like basically our cult following right now. Um, before we get into the episode. So I will let Becky go first with hers, with her shout outs. <clears throat> yeah, I've got, um, just a quick one, guys, since, uh, Casper's primarily the one that does, um, all of the social media. So big thank you to Casper for taking all of that on. So anytime you guys get responses back on Twitter or Instagram or emails or any of our social media, um, you know, I'm I'm obviously aware of it, but the person that primarily does all of the social media is uh, Casper. So uh, the only one big shout out I have is um, there's a great prod podcast podcast. Good God, there's here we go. Podcast. Yep, here we go. You guys know it. Um, preschool to premeditated murders podcast. It's two young ladies, uh, Brianna and Jasper, and. Um, Guys, they're only on like their third episode. So if you can find them, they're on a uh, podcast player and Spotify. Uh, please look them up and give them a listen. They're great. Their format is very similar to what Casper and I do. You can definitely tell that they are good friends and they're into murder, true crime stuff like we are. And uh, 
it's they're they're a good listen. Um, they've been following us on Instagram, and uh, they are more recently um, <clears throat> have gone into a partnership with me. I know I mentioned before my business, Calm Your Body Down, with bath bombs and body creams, and they have decided to take on the company as a sponsor as well. So um, they'll be announcing that I think on their fifth episode after I talked with them. So um, yeah, so excited to have sponsorship for my business, Calm Your Body Down, and really excited to have all the support for the podcast. So please support them. Um, They're at PPM Podcast on Instagram. And again, uh, uh, Preschool to Premeditated Murders. on the uh, on all other platforms so yeah definitely check them out and love you guys thank you for your support we appreciate it a lot you should have a uh i don't know why i just thought of this but you should have a jingle for your for your store yeah we'll be coming up i'll be coming up with something like that calm your body down maybe i'll have casper do it I just, I know most, I don't know. We don't know. I mean, I can play piano, but we'll think, of something. We'll think of something, we'll think of something. So thanks um, guys. So most of mine are actually Twitter followers. Um, of course, all of our friends out there that are super supportive, um, you know, Danielle, Danielle, <laughs> um, Mackenzie, Annie, oh God, Emily, Miranda, Tyler, Patty, I'm tr- I'm trying here, guys. I'm sorry, Carl. Um, I'm forget Chris, Hannah, all like all of our friends. Um, I could literally sit here and name all of you. You guys have been so so supportive of um me living my dream, like because you guys know this is a huge dream of mine, and you guys are always so nice about it. So I'm sure whoever I did not mention is gonna come after me, <laughs> which. Is- <laughs> If we didn't um, mention your name, we love you in spirit. I do. I so. love you, but um, I'm just trying to think of everybody right now. There's just there's just so many of you. All of you guys have been Kai. All of you guys have been so supportive, <laughs> um, and I just want to sincerely thank you for all of that um, because it it means so much to me. And I really want to give a shout out to because I know we we I give a lot of shout outs to my friends, but I really want to focus on my on our Twitter followers. We have some very, very, very supportive people on Twitter that every single week you're retweeting us, you're retweeting and quoting us, you're make you're telling people to follow us because we're your favorite podcast. That is insane to me. Um, so I'm going to go over some of you guys. Um, horror and cannabis. Hold on. Horror and cannabidiol. Cannabidiol. Thank you. I was like, I'm <laughs> fucking this up so bad. <laughs> if anybody wants to know, that's the technical, that's the scientific word for CBD, basically. So it's cannabis. Which is why she knows, because she's non-psychoactive component of cannabis, and I use it myself. So, so. how is it pronounced? Cannabidiol. 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 Okay. So cannabidiol underscore TWI, because you're going to be like, what the fuck? You destroyed my name. I'm sorry. I love sorry. you. <laughs> um, it happens. You are a huge supporter. I really appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate Mason Vaughn at Mason Vaughn Died. <laughs> I love your Twitter handle. It's great. Um, the fact that I just want to point out the fact that you actually quoted the us. You posted a picture of us on your TV through your Spotify and surround sound. I can't even, 
Like, that just blows my mind to me, that you, you're you so excited to play us in surround sound. And that was really, really, really cool of you to do that. Um, yeah, I don't want to know what my voice sounds like in <laughs> surround sound, so thank you, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mason's like, this is amazing, and we're like, uh. <laughs> uh, No, it's not. <laughs> um, Monsters in My Mind at Monster in My M-I-N-1. Um, you have also been a huge supporter since the beginning. I super, super appreciate you. Uh, watch horror pod, which we've given out you guys. Um, we've given out shout outs to these guys before. This is the let's watch horror podcast. I fucking love you. Okay. I fucking love you. Yeah. We, you guys are we, great. You guys, you guys are, are such a great podcast. I mean, I love listening to you guys. I love, um, I just want to say personally, the episode you guys did on American psycho was phenomenal. That hands down has got to be one of my, one of my personal favorites and, Everybody was very fair. I thought that was a, I just wanted to give a shout out. That was one of my, that is one of my personal favorite episodes that you guys did. So I liked that episode a lot too. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Um, next one is the geek on haunted Hill at Tiff underscore Mamano. M A M M A N O. Um, you're also a huge supporter. Super appreciate you. The blood buddies horror podcast at the blood buddies. You guys, um, Min- Hold on, I'm sorry. Mindy at Bright Manite. You are a huge supporter and have been since the beginning. Uh, the Lawsman at Lawsman 94. Horror Fan Ryan at Horror Fan Ryan. Met you at Horror Hound and you were fucking awesome. Um, Katie at KStay35. You've been a huge supporter since the beginning as well. Uh, Stephanie Fortson at Stephanie Fortson, you always reach out to me and tell me how much you love me, and you are one of the nicest people on Twitter I've ever met, and I love you too. Um, Adrian Padilla at Mr. Underscore Coconuts, <laughs> spelled with two S's. Love it. You're amazing, and thank you for all of your support. Um, Jim um, hyphen author Archer Hay at Author Archer Hay. Huge supporter as well. We appreciate you. Um, <clears throat> Zoe at Enzos Reviews. You've become a very good friend of mine in the past couple weeks, and I really appreciate you being such a huge supporter of the podcast. Um, Sam Carlson at Shebe underscore GBs. You've been a fan since the beginning. Yeah, Absolutely Shibi love Jeebies. you. Shebe GBs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, the best Twitter handle I've heard so far. I know. Too spooky at too spooky for you. You've been a fan of mine. You started following me on my Freddy's Muge Twitter ages ago, and you've been around forever. So I appreciate all of your support, um, Sarah at Up North Bliss. God fucking bless you, and I can't wait to meet you someday because I know we've talked about it. Um, you're an absolute sweetheart as well, Aiden at La La Aiden. <laughs> You have been there. Oh, the so- Can we just take out one of the laws? <laughs> <laughs> that was a La Yorona joke. Um, that was it for your name. Shout out Chris and Leah. <laughs> um, uh, Horror Nights and Podcast at Horror Daddy are us. You have an awesome podcast. I love your movie reviews. Um, I know we don't get to talk that often, but I really do love listening to your movie reviews on SoundCloud. You can check her out there. Um, Adversir, ooh, I'm gonna rever- I'm gonna destroy this. Adversaria, how do you pronounce that? Adversira. 
Aversiera. Aversiera. Might want to spell it too. A V V E R S I E R A. Um, at K Gredner. You are one of the spinsters from the uh, Senatonic Horror, the Horror Spinsters, that podcast. Um, you've been a huge supporter of me, even as Freddie's Muse, even going over into the podcast. Um, is she on Instagram? She is on Instagram. Okay, yeah, yeah she that. is. I've seen that one, yeah. Uh, she's an absolute sweetheart. Um, Angie Buckley at Angie Buckley. She's another huge friend of mine that I've become friends with over the past couple weeks. Um, Alice, your horror tran Collins at Vamp Alley, your absolute sweetheart. Thank you for your support. Uh, Jason Gray at New Bobhead, you've been an absolute um, sweetheart as well, and you've been a, you've followed me when I first started my Twitter, so you're awesome. Um, Beth at Halloween underscore ten fourteen, you're amazing as well, and then of course Jennifer. I'm not sure. I know you're still listening, but I'm not sure if you have a Twitter anymore, So, but you know who you are. You know exactly who you are. You believed in me in my first original Twitter, and you have carried me to now, and you always retreated my tweets. You answered all my questions. You are a godsend. You're an amazing human being, and I really appreciate you. And last but not least, Brain of Blood, as Carl on Twitter. He is one of my best friends, and... um. He is an amazing dude, and he has been a huge supporter, and he's just an all-around great guy. So that's just some of the – that's not even counting all of the people that support this podcast. Holy shit, that's more than what I, I thought it was that's just be. That's just a bit of people who just always – you're always interacting with me. You're always, you know, retweeting the podcast. You're always doing this. You're always doing that. I really appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to really go out of your way and do stuff like that. And Zoe, you making the the Discord to include everybody in on it and then wanting me to post everything on there to include everybody on there that doesn't necessarily have a Twitter and trying to get our podcast out there, that means the world to me. And I just really wanted to give you guys some of, some of you guys a shout out because you guys really do deserve that. Because without you guys, we, we wouldn't be growing. So, yeah, thank you to all of you. Thank you, guys. We really do appreciate it. It means the world. You know, like Casper said, this is definitely a dream, not only of hers, but of mine. You know, I know I've mentioned, I know I've mentioned Joe Rogan on here a lot, and I know that's not (laughs) horror, but really, though, like, Joe Rogan was my inspiration for this. You know, I think if somebody from that caliber can start a podcast on his own with a buddy in a spare bedroom to come to where he is now in a big studio interviewing Elon Musk and all types of people. Like he has really been my biggest inspiration. And it's literally goes to show you that if you want to do what you want to do, you can make it happen. But if you can have support from other people out there, I mean, I'm still, it's still very surreal to me. The fact that we have people out there that are actual fans that are like, I look forward to this every week. Like this makes my week listening to this podcast. Like I have felt that way about other podcasts for years. So doing this myself and hearing this response that we get. Yeah. A thank you is not enough, but no, it's not. But thank you. Yeah. Also Haley, I know don't come after me. I know you're going to, you're going to (laughs) listen to this and you're going to be like, um, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So you get an own personal shout out right now. Haley, I love you. 
And I'm really glad that I made you happy when I told you our newest platform that we're on. We got you, Haley. <laughs> Love you, Haley. Yeah, we're on Spotify now, guys. We're on Spotify. Yep, hell yeah. All <laughs> Which right. is why someone was playing us in surround sound in their house, like Mason. I'm like, oh my God, we're on his TV. Don't do that. No, I'm just kidding. No, do that. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Mason. That's freaking awesome, dude. Like I said, I couldn't imagine listening to my own voice on surround sound, but... Shauna, Shauna, oh my god. See, this is this is why I can't do my friends, because I'm like, I'm just gonna throw out names throughout the entire podcast and be like, this person, this person. She the walking dead girl. Shauna, yeah. Yeah, Shauna's I so the one that I met you. from uh I know I haven't met you yet, Shauna, but I so lovingly refer to you as the sh- the walking dead girl, but I'm sure you wear She would that, love that, that because Monica she's a huge proudly. Negan girl. She loves her Negan. And we, we love, love you, it. Shauna. We love you. Thank you, sweetie. Thanks to everybody. We appreciate it. So if guys. I just randomly scream out a name. <laughs> oh Shauna. I had to do it. I had to do it. You have the perfect name for that. Oh, of course. Your name's Shauna. It's perfect. <laughs> Perfection. I don't know if that's where your name came from, but good song. Good name. Love it. Thanks, guys. Okay, now going into... Now we're getting into Waverly. Waverly Hills. Hills! Can't take a shot. <laughs> Fuck. See, now that she knows, it's like not going to work. You have to catch her at those vulnerable moments where she's not paying attention. Oh, you'll catch me at those vulnerable catch it. moments. It'll you'll happen. Catch it. Um, I wonder how many times I wrote place in my notes. <laughs> Dude, guys, she texted me place and didn't even know it. Until she was hilarious. She's like, Waverly Place. I'm like, you did it. And she texts me back after reading it like, oh my God. I was like, fuck. I didn't even, I I didn't, it just, hey, look, if something's a force of habit, it's just going to happen that way. Yes. Yes, it is. So, um, I know most of my, uh, information that I got for Waverly Hills came from, um, I found a really great book in the library called Haunted America FAQ. Um, by an author named Dave Thompson. Uh, it was published in 2015. Um, it's a great book if you guys can get a hold of it. It's got a whole collection of just different haunted stories and haunted places all across America. Um, I also got quite a bit of information, of course, from lovely Wikipedia, as always. Um, and then, you know, just watched a few videos online. Um, BuzzFeed did an investigation. Back in 2017, um, there was a really great documentary that uh, Casper and I both watched. And uh, Ghost Adventures did an episode back in 2010 at Waverly Hills as well that I rewatched on YouTube. God, so, they caught so much there. I mean, that the guys, they got amazing. an apparition. They got an apparition. Full there. body apparition. Yeah. Those are. It was usually, one of the shadow people. It was yeah. one of, it was one of the black shadow people. Sometimes those can be very difficult to capture. So to get that in a place like this, like you know that this place is is something. I mean, it's been called one of the most haunted locations in all of America from several different TV shows and ghost hunting groups. So um I guess we'll get right into it. I'll start off. We'll just kind of trade off. Um so Waverly Hills is located in Jefferson County in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, It originally opened in 1910 as the Old Waverly Hospital. Um, In 1924, a new larger hospital started being built as the hospital uh, within a very short time, held about two-thirds of its number in patients due to the tuberculosis epidemic at the time. Um, So if any of you are unfamiliar, we'll just give like a quick background. Tuberculosis or TB as it's more commonly known is a, it was called white death. It's essentially an infection of the lungs. 
And uh, back in this time in the 19, early 1900s, it became a complete epidemic all across the world. You know, many people, young and old, were suffering from it. So at one time, um, back in 1924, when the larger hospital was built, which is actually the building that stands now as the full Waverly Hills Sanatorium, at one time they used to take people from all over the world, but it became so overcrowded that they had to stop that and just take people from the surrounding uh, Jefferson County or in Kentucky itself, um, because it just became too difficult to house that many people in one space. It's a fairly large building as some of the pictures on social media that we posted, or if you've ever been there yourself. But I mean, you're talking about a worldwide epidemic of a disease that had no known cure. So you know were... why they made it the curved shape. Yes. Um, do you want to go into that? Yeah, real I quick? can just because actually, um... there's many sanatoriums. If you guys Google sanatoriums, there are several that are built in the same shape that Waverly Hills is. And Casper will go in real quick as to why. So you guys know the back of the building is kind of almost like half circle the yeah. way it's like comes like around a crescent shape. yeah like a crescent moon kind of looking thing so the people that bought it that wanted to do put the the hospital there they noticed how breezy it was on that location and if they made it with that shape it helped the breeze flow through the building better which is why a lot of the windows were there were no windows they were mm -hmm. just it was just open because they wanted the patients that had tb to get fresh air and because they thought originally before they actually had a cure that fresh air helped exactly so they they didn't have windows in there they would just let the fresh air blow through and that's why a lot of sanatoriums and that's not even just tb that's disease period uh, a lot of sanatoriums were made like that to let fresh air in so the patient could feel better basically. Yeah. I mean, fresh air helps anybody. That's, that's. Oh yeah. Sun and fresh air. I mean, you know, that's been known around the world to get that vitamin D naturally in your body will help. But really back then that was the only thing that they knew because mm -hmm. there was no cure. So, Antibiotics weren't really a thing back then. Exactly. And it, it, the name Waverly Hills, you know, it does come from, it was built on a hill. So the shape of the building being built on a hill getting all that fresh air in and this mountain climate was considered to be healthy to patients at that time because there was no, no known cure. Um, well, the, the name, do you mind if I, Oh yeah, go ahead. You're so the name actually um, came from the little history here. It was purchased by major Thomas H Hayes in 1883 as their home since, since they, uh, were far from existing schools, he decided to start a local school for his kids. Um, a woman named Lizzie Lee Harris was hired as the teacher. Um, she had a huge fondness for Walter Scott's Waverly novels, so she named the schoolhouse Waverly School, and he liked the name so much that he named his property Waverly Hill. Yeah. That is where the name Waverly Hills comes from, is the Waverly novels. Yep. That, so. Yeah, so I did know. I didn't know. That's really cool. I didn't know the history of the family. Mm -hmm. I knew the Waverly novels. I knew it was built on a hill. I did not know the history of the family. That's really cool. Yeah, because guys, this is a pretty, even to this day, it's in a really remote area in Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, there's like a long gravel road you have to drive up to to get it. There's really no... I, I, I'm sure there's more developments built up now, but back then there was nobody around for miles. Um, which ideally you wanted because tuberculosis mm -hmm. is also 
highly contagious. So even staff that worked there on site really never left. So if you worked there, you lived there because nine times out of 10, you've already contracted the disease yourself. You've already got it because it's airborne. Mm -hmm. So once somebody coughs or whatever, that's it. You've breathed it in, you've got it. Um, So when the new hospital was built in 1924, it officially became Waverly Hills Sanatorium opening in 1926. And it was proclaimed, again, to be the most advanced TB hospital in the country, at one time even in the world. Um, No known cure at the time, like we said, was known because there weren't any antibiotics at that time. So really, most of the time, if a family member contracted tuberculosis, they were sent, they were just automatically sent to Waverly Hills or any surrounding sanatorium because they were just thought they were going to die. So we don't want you to infect the rest of the town, the rest of the family. So we're just going to send you to this sanatorium because basically in their minds, we're just sending you off to die. That That's it. We don't want you to infect anybody else. So this is just where you have to go. Um, there's no known records that have survived, but it is estimated that there were tens of thousands of people that ended up dying at Waverly of tuberculosis. There was approximately one person an hour died in the time that it was a tuberculosis sanatorium. I think I remember hearing in that um, documentary, didn't he say around 60,000? Yeah, there's been all different guesstimates yeah, of still, numbers. But yeah, tens of thousands. You think one life every hour, and that was a tuberculosis center, what, for over 40 years? So, I mean, that's a lot of <sighs> that's people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Um, now, we did go over the fresh air as being uh, one in you know, implementation of a quote unquote cure or something that they would use to help patients. Um, There was also something called a light therapy um, where essentially there were some patients that were taken up to the roof of the sanatorium where they would get um, all the fresh sunlight that they could. So the combination between the fresh sunlight, like we mentioned, the natural vitamin D and the fresh air um, was supposed to help with different symptoms, you know, of course there was no cure, but it would sometimes help with symptoms. Um, If they couldn't get sunlight, there was also an ultraviolet light. So I believe, because one of the documentaries we were watching, the third floor of the hospital was considered more of the floor where the patients that had money or families came from money. Fourth Fourth floor. floor. Okay. Fourth floor. Sorry. Cause there's five floors. So the fourth floor were people that had money. So those were rooms that had their own bathrooms. So you had your own individual room. Those patients typically were the ones that would have an ultraviolet light in their room. So they got that artificial sunlight if they weren't taken up on the roof on a sunny day to get that light therapy as well as the air therapy. Um, so that was kind of like one experimental cure that they did. Um, even to this day, when you go visit, I know at one time there were screens in the windows. Mm-hmm. I think now, yeah. you know, obviously the building went abandoned for some time. Um, there are no screens. So that's why a lot of, you know, even now when they do tours for Waverly, it's just in like spring and summer months because there are no windows in the entire San It's cold. Yeah, so if you go <laughs> if you go in an early spring, you know Kentucky, Ohio, Midwest, it'd still be cold as fuck, depending on what day you go. It's I would probably I would, cold now. I would even ex- in the night. Yeah, it's probably I would, cold now. I would probably wait to go into summer, honestly, when you're a little bit more comfortable. Um, so those were just some of the experiments that they did. Now, some of the cures 
we know, oh, fresh air, sunlight, this sounds like a resort. No, not so much. Um, so there were some pretty brutal things that they would do to patients at the time that was considered experimental to help with TB. So like we mentioned, it was an infection of the lungs. Um, so one thing that they would do is they would actually remove ribs to help the lungs expand. Um, I, I know this was some information that I even heard the Ghost Adventures episode was really interesting because they actually interviewed a man that worked there back in the day. And he even remembers assisting the doctors in some of these experiments. They would remove up to eight ribs sometimes, depending on the severity of the situation, patient to patient. So this was actually thought to help deflate the lung. So the lung was sort of seen back in that time as like a balloon almost that would expand and deflate. And if you had TB, your lungs didn't deflate. So they thought by removing ribs, guys, sometimes even without anesthesia, I don't even want to think about that. Oh, they God. thought by removing the ribs that that would help to deflate the lungs. Most times, nine times out of 10, the patient died. You know, either severe blood loss, infection, whatever. I feel whatever. like that's not the same effect as if you know how sometimes they'll they'll remove a part of your skull to decrease pressure right. on the skull. I feel like that's a lot different. It's a lot than different. Removing ribs, yeah, because ribs are what hold everything together right there. Exactly. Your brain is being held by your skull, of course, but your skull is so thick that. That's a whole different situation. Yeah. I see where they were going with that, but yeah, of course, you know, you're th you're talking about the 1920s, and you're trying you're know. just trying to find a cure at that point. You're just trying to make it better. You're trying to do everything you can to make the patient better and comfortable. Really, right. um, you know, there were some other things that they would do too. They would actually put a balloon. They would insert a balloon inside a lung to um, inflate it and deflate it, thinking that that would help. The patient breathed better. And again, guys, these were totally experimental. A lot of times done without anesthesia. And nine times out of ten, the patient died. I, I mean, these were these weren't even anesthesia. so you're extremely you're in so much pain. I would think really at that point, I would want to die. I wouldn't even want to go I've on. I had a anymore fucking kidney being, stone. And yeah. That was like same, I thought I was dying. Like done. I thought I was dying. I was like, this is it. This is the end. Yep. Guys, I've had my gallbladder <laughs> taken out. Let me tell you something. And I've had uh, ovarian cysts. Like, don't even get me started. You know, none of neither one of us have kids, but I feel like if that's close enough, then that's about as far as I want to get. I've so, talked to women who've had kidney stones and children, and all of them unanimously have said they would rather have more children than especially kidney stones. Especially if it's, yeah. And the biggest thing with kidney stones, too, I used to work in <laughs> Um, if it gets stuck in the tube that connects from your kidney to your bladder, that's when people literally feel like they want to die. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's either the size of the stone. If you pass it, if it's a small stone, if it's already in your kidney or your bladder, you're usually pretty good. You might feel a little discomfort. The people that literally are throwing up and feel like they want to die, it's been stuck and it's a giant one. And mm -hmm. even if it's not a giant one, it's stuck and it's just, it's not coming through without some type of help. So never thrown up and passed out in pain in my life Girl. before one of those motherfuckers. That Let me tell you how much I started drinking water after that. <laughs> All the water. <laughs> like, uh, and it even worth it. I'm telling you, I, I'd rather drink that there's water certain, than feel that pain. There's again. a certain amount of pain I can put up with. I'm sure we all have our thresholds, but 
Not that, okay, let's just make a side note too. We are not trying to compare having ribs removed to kidney stones. Okay, so no. I just want to preface that real quick <laughs> before anybody's out there like, I know they're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're just talking about different variables of pain. Respect to the we're dead. About. We're just talking about different various variables of pain. And obviously, if we can't take kidney stones, we're definitely not taking getting a rib removed. We're, we're no, thank you. Like, I'm, I'm actually, I'd like to keep my ribs. Thanks. I would like to keep my ribs. Thanks. <laughs> um, so once bodies, once people died. So again, going back to if there was one death an hour, you would have to think, oh my God, dead bodies are piling up very quickly in this place. Um, so there is something, and it still exists to this day, it's known as the body chute or the death tunnel. Um, it was a tunnel that ran underneath the hospital. It was, let me get my information here, four, it's 485 feet long this body sheet was and it basically worked as like a pulley system so they would have a track they would lay the bodies on the track they would run them all the way down the chute and at the end of the chute outside there would either be a train car or a hearse that would pick the body up and of course you know either cremate burial what have you um a lot of times the bodies were cremated uh sometimes the bodies were even buried on site because again there was not much known about this disease and a lot of families felt like even if the body was dead there was still a way that the disease would spread so a lot of times bodies went unclaimed so they were either cremated you know burned in the incinerator there at the hospital or they were buried on the grounds um, there was always, there was also something mentioned, this was actually mentioned in the book and in the YouTube documentary that I watched about bodies prior to being sent down the chute were dressed almost like a deer. Uh, anybody that's a hunter out there, if you dress a deer, they're basically hung, um, from their feet. They're, you know, stripped from groin to sternum and their blood's drained. Uh, uh, in the interview that they did on the documentary, one guy didn't really want to say anything. So I don't really know if this is speculation or maybe people just don't want to talk about it now. But obviously that's coming from somewhere because it's in a book and it was in a documentary. So that in itself is pretty brutal that they have to drain the body first and then send it down this chute. Especially in that way. And I because they had people, a draining a draining room. Yeah, they had they a draining room, yeah. and it actually went into a ditch into you know like a well system. So. I, I mean, it's just horrific to have to live with this brutal disease, to even have to be experimented on with ribs removed. You die brutal, horrible deaths, and then your body's subjected. I, I don't even know. No wonder this fucking place is haunted, right? I mean, literally, you read about not stuff only like are you this having and people, you're just like... Not only are you having people going through this disease and dying, but you're having this, like, torment yeah. going on. Like, there's no wonder spirits are, like, left there. yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's it's sad, really. I mean, I definitely feel like if you go in a place like that, I'm sure people are freaked out by spirits, any type of ghost encounters, but a place like that specifically is not like going into a prison or somewhere like that where you're going to be encountering evil spirits. These are people that have suffered. These are people that I believe that maybe just haven't crossed over yet and they're just they're just suffering. And to me, that's that's just, it's incredibly difficult. Um, side note, personal story, and of course won't mention names, um, my ex-mother-in-law's cousin, her name is Mary. There is a haunting there of a woman named Mary Lee. I don't have any confirmation if these are the same people. Her cousin contracted TB when she was 20, in her 20s. They lived in Maysville, Kentucky. So at the time she was sent to Waverly Hills, this would have been in around the 1930s or so, 1940s. 
she was, or 1930s, I'm sorry, she was sent to Waverly Hills and died there. So no family visited her. Again, not much was known. So people thought if they went to see her, they would get it. As soon as she got it, this is where we're sending you. So yeah, basically she said she remembered at the age of like seven or eight as a very young child seeing her cousin and then never seeing her cousin again. And then finding out years later as an adult that her cousin was sent to Waverly Hills and died there. Like I couldn't even imagine hearing something like that about my family, like, and not knowing for years, like what happened to them. Um, So speaking of the 1930s, it was actually in the late 1930s that the discovery of streptomycin, which essentially was the antibiotic that became the effective cure for TB was discovered. It was actually discovered by, um, Dr. Albert Schatz. He at the time was a Rutgers university student. His last name was Schatz, guys. Schatz, 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 Schatz. Like, that's perfect. Like, Schatz, 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 Schatz. If you're a fucking doctor <laughs> and your last name is Schatz, like, you gotta come up with something because he's giving out the other kind of shots. Everybody! <laughs> the bad he's shots. Like, we don't want those shots. Stretch shots. I don't shots, like them shots. shots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you have TB, you want those kind of shots. <laughs> you got TB and he's running through those halls like, shots, 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 streptomycin. <laughs> so fucking perfect. That was perfect. That was so great. You could not have planned that any better. That was amazing. Well, you're just like shots and I'm like, hmm. I had to. I couldn't resist And then it. my dumbass over here is like, oh, shots. <laughs> God. Like shots, shots, <laughs> everybody. That was perfect, though, right? <laughs> I couldn't have been any better. Um, so by the 1950s, after streptomycin uh, got onto the market, it pretty much TB was largely eradicated. Um, so by 1961, Waverly Hills Sanatorium officially closed uh, further to any TB patients. Um, the building actually did stay open for over two decades after the sanatorium closed. It was operated as Woodhaven Geriatrics Sanatorium. So, um, it was basically like an old folks home or a nursing home, or as they're more commonly known today, long-term care facilities. Um, so that stayed in operation from 1961 till 1982. Now this is kind of a even sadder, as this story couldn't get any sadder, what happened to these patients that had TB. Um, the state of Kentucky actually came in in 1982 and closed down Woodhaven Geriatric Sanatorium because there were reports not only from staff, patients, and family members that the place became very overcrowded, very understaffed, and that there was even reports of patient abuse. So, Like real patient abuse, guys. People like chained to walls, chained to They were beds. doing experiments on these people, shock therapy, I remember this lobotomies. One, this one uh, person that said on that interview that we watched, yeah. um, the woman. It was a really nice lady, and she's like, I, "I saw this lady sitting in a chair and looked like she was about to fall out." And she said, "I wanted to go over and help her, but she said the nurse looked at her and said, nah, she's dying anyway. Yeah, she's fine." Like, what the fuck? How could you be a fucking nurse and work somewhere like that? Especially, okay, guys, anything to do with old people or kids. It it hurts my it hurts me to see yeah, them both, suffering. Both of us. And for an old person to just literally be sitting there and about to fall out of a chair and you're just gonna let them fucking fall out of the chair because they're dying anyway, go fuck yourself. Like seriously, just help them. Guys, you know, I hate to say this, but I used to work in the medical field and we are very neglectful of our elderly in this country and it really makes me sad. And I'm constantly 
from the time I used to work in that field to even now hearing reports about how our elderly are so mistreated in so many different nursing homes and care facilities around this country. Don't even get me started about our veterans and how they're treated. It's oh, that's really disgusting. Yeah, we don't itself. even want to go there. It's really disgusting. <laughs> um, if you work in that line of work, God bless you. Those really take angels to do that. And I really, you know, I just want to put out there people that have ever thought about volunteering. If there's anybody out there, if there's, if you have kids that are in high school, if there's high school students that listen to us, think about for extracurriculars or even in college of volunteering at a nursing home, you could really, really help make a difference in people that live their entire lives, just like you and me. And now because they're older, they're literally thrown away to society. And it's really sad. Um, We're all going to get old. Okay. You out there that think you're young and invincible it ain't going to ha- it's going to happen to you it's going to happen to all of us it's inevitable and if you wouldn't want to be treated that way don't treat your family this way and don't let other people treat don't let our society treat people this way it's disgusting it's really horrible you know you're hearing about this happening back in the 1960s and 1980s guys it still happens to this day so yeah it's just it's gross and it's sad you know and it like i said again i'll say it i've said it before and i'll say it again you wonder why this place is haunted i mean It went through this brutal epidemic all across the country. People were sent there to die. They die in horrific ways. No cure. Horrible experiments. Sent down this body chute. Then it's turned into a nursing home. These people are abused and neglected. And then it shuts its door. I mean, this whole place just had so much suffering. It's just horrific. Um, Now, they did talk about after the it being closed in 1982, um, there was someone else bought it. In 83 for actually $3 million. Yep. Um, He and a different architect, his name was, I'm sorry, his name was J. Clifford Todd. He and architect Milton Thompson wanted to convert it into a minimum security prison for the state. But I guess at this time neighbors protested, protested. So I guess at this, by this time there were actually neighbors. There were places built around the uh, hospital. Um. They protested against it, and um, then they decided, hey, let's turn it into apartments. But they were counting on Jefferson County to buy the land so they could actually have money to start the project. So that did not pan out. Right. Personally, this next story is... Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so, okay, guys. So, you don't... Obviously, you don't know where we live. Um, oh, in the area that we live... Well, we've mentioned we live in Ohio, but... Right. North the of exact us. spot where we live... Um, there's a church that created, and you guys have probably heard about Touchdown Jesus. Oh, my God. Anybody um, that's out there. Yeah, you guys have probably seen the memes. Um, there was an, a statue that they created called Touchdown Jesus, and it actually was struck by lightning, caught on fire, and then they decided they were going to do it again and rebuilt it as a whole full-body Jesus. And instead of his hands being up, they're out, like stretched. Um, With a big lightning rod sticking out in the middle right. of his head like an alfalfa. Like, <laughs> if you know, God really wanted to destroy that. He, well, I mean, like, isn't there a whole thing in the Bible about idolatry? He's like, something about like, that, yeah. yeah. You know, like a whole thing. They skip that over, I think. So, um, in 1996, Robert Alberhat... Alberhasky. Thank you. Alberhasky. really hard on that. <laughs> Not Waverly Hill. Woo! <laughs> there was your shot. shot. Almost, There's a shot. Almost snipped it. Um, see, that was vulnerable. I was really vulnerable she in that moment. It. She was, that was good. Uh, bought Waverly Hills and the surrounding area. 
Uh, he had a Christ the Redeemer foundation, planned to construct the tallest structure of Jesus on the site, along with an arts and worship center. So I was actually telling Becky, I'm like, so did they hire him for this church? They probably did. <laughs> Since this didn't work out. Um, and of course, the plans fell through because donations fell short. They only got $3,000 when they needed $4 million. Well, actually, even more than that, because what I read, so he purported that he wanted the Jesus statue on top of the sanatorium. He wanted it to be 150 feet tall, 150 feet wide. That in itself would have been $4 million. That he wanted an $8 million restoration of the entire sanatorium that he wanted to convert oh. into a church, a theater, and a gift shop. See that I I was only I only knew about the statue. So he wanted twelve fucking million dollars and only to... raised three thousand dollars in the entire state. He got enough. Yeah, you. That was. was probably those. I would have just been giving him that money. That back. was probably like, the same people that built that ark. <laughs> oh, at the Creation Museum. <laughs> that has, no, that's probably that the people... has dinosaurs on it. Guys, that was probably the uh, same people who actually had the statue built <laughs> at the church. I'm telling really you, this, this this fucker's huge. It's like, I don't know. And if you guys how many feet know, tall would I'm that about be? to blow your mind. So this is some low-key information that, like, literally only people in the surrounding Ohio area know about this. I have no... Let me preface by saying, I have no proof of this story. This is literally... Anybody that had a mom that was full of old wives' tales, y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody's got one in their family that spouts off stuff and you're like, yeah, right. But then I've heard this story later on in years. So call it whatever you want. So the church is called Solid Rock Church. It's like a Pentecostal church. There's a, it's surrounded by a lot of horse farms. And the rumor that I heard was that the church was founded by the people that own the surrounding horse farms and the money that funded the church came from drug trafficking. They would use the horses as mules. They would shove cocaine in their asses. They would transport the horses with the cocaine, extract the cocaine, the horses shit the cocaine out, and that's what funded the land and the church is cocaine money. What the fuck? Yep. Blue I didn't mind. even fucking know that. Blew your mind, didn't I? Yeah. My mom told me that story for years. And then I've had several people corroborate it from there. So oh. I don't know. Anybody knows more about that story? Let us know. But that's what I've heard. It could be an old wives tale. I have oh, no right. idea. Well. But you know what? I would believe anything. And you and I were actually having this discussion beforehand. That church is near. So Middletown, Ohio has been on the map, unfortunately, in many articles as being one of the top cities with the biggest opiate crisis in this country. That church is not far from Middletown, Ohio. So you would think a real church would take all the millions and thousands of dollars that went into building those ridiculous statues and donating it to drug rehab and treatment centers for a city that's less than an hour away that's suffering. But you know what? That's just me. I don't know. No, I let's could be wrong. A giant I think ass Jesus, I think Jesus, Jesus wanted that statue. He did. He said, I want this statue. And it looks they like did it's it. made of Philly cream cheese. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to take my bagels I know, there. I know. I want bagels. I'm just going to walk into the church and be like, <laughs> I need enough for my bagel. I need some Jesus cheese. Jesus, Who's got the Jesus cheese? Oh my God. That just sounds so disgusting. <laughs> I never fucking in my life want Jesus cheese. Can <laughs> I want some Jesus cheese? Oh God! Fucking damn! I I can't. 
don't want cheese from anybody. No, I don't want no cheese from anybody. <laughs> okay? Guys, I can't. I think that one officially broke me because I need a minute. Don't ask me where I got I don't got want Jesus no fucking Jesus cheese. Jesus cheese that oh, would. Lord. No. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to fucking broke vomit That one broke me. Jesus. I'm sorry. Y'all going to be thinking about this. She's going to be like, I know that bitch did not say Jesus cheese. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't, like I said, no cheese from nobody. <laughs> I'll take my cheese from my milk and my cow. Well, That's go where I take go the with them dry, dry ass crackers and that wine. No. <laughs> Gotta get some Jesus cheese on this cracker, please. <laughs> Oh God! I can't. Oh. I can't, guys. I can't. I'm sorry. I now I'm Catholics are going to be asking for Jesus <gasps> cheese on their oh my crackers. God. Oh my God! Hey, body of Christ, blood of Christ, Jesus cheese. <laughs> it's so fucking disgusting. That's that's so fucking disgusting. So say it, the Lord. So the cheese. God has sense of humor, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. We broke Becky. I'm dying. <laughs> she Good God. That's fucking disgusting. Uh, totally broke me. I'm going to vomit. I'm sorry. It, it's fine. I'm making her vomit. I'm over here dying. She's over there dying, um, and I'm like, <laughs> oh Nasty fucking shit. I'm so glad my dad doesn't listen to this. Um... <laughs> So same or, or my grandma. Oh my god. god, I'd put my parents in um, their grave. <laughs> so uh anyway. Yeah, so from ninety so guys, this went from ninety-seven to two thousand and one. The building pretty much sat abandoned until the current owners, Charlie and Tina Mattingly, bought the property, restored it to as we see it today, and now they operate the sanatorium with ghost tours. And they do a haunted house attraction every Halloween. Um, little fun fact I found too: uh, in two thousand and seven, um, this is still under the ownership ownership of the Mattingleys. Um, Waverly hosted the last tour of a, uh, I guess this was a death metal festival called Sounds of the Underground. It had bands like Hatebreed, Gwar, and Lamb of God. But they love their Jesus cheese. And uh, that needs to be they, a band name right fucking now. Jesus guys, cheese. are you, if you're guys, doing any bands right now and you want a name, if please you got take a Jesus death cheese. metal band out there, I literally just gave you the best fucking name and I want goddamn credit. <laughs> I want like copyright 10% fucking shit right now of your first album, Jesus Cheese. I Either did, name I your first it. album Jesus Cheese. Or name your band Jesus. Or name, name your band Jesus Cheese. Jesus Cheese. And give us a shout out. Let us know. Don't fuck with the original. You heard it here. If you've got a death metal band, we If I fucking hear somebody comes out best. with a Jesus Cheese. Oh, I'm gonna lose my shit. Literally. <laughs> like I'm gonna lose it. I hope I hope and pray I'm not driving. Because that's just gonna have to pull over. It's uh, I hope hey, I'm not drinking anything. You heard I just it. spit it all out. Everywhere. Um, so I guess there were so many complaints after this concert that they never held another festival or concert there ever again. So don't look forward to any concerts or festivals at Waverly Hills ever again after that one. Um, I also learned after that documentary that we watched, I don't, did you happen to find the date that that movie came out? There was a movie. What, Death Tunnel? Yeah, there was a movie that was actually shot at Waverly Hills called Death Tunnel. I think this might've been... In the early... Hold on, I got it. Okay, yep. Casper's gonna look it up. Um, 
because during the time of the filming of that movie, there was a lot of ghost activity. 2005 is when it came out. Okay. So, okay. So 2001, the Mattingly's bought it. 2005, they shot Death Tunnel. And 2007 is when they had the music festival. Um, So like we mentioned from 97 to 2001, when the Mattingly's bought it, it set empty. So during that time, there were obviously a lot of vagrants, homeless, drug addicts, different people that would go in and out of the building for shelter. And there were all types of different ghostly activities that even went on then. There were a lot of homeless people and people around the surrounding areas that would constantly say that they would hear screams, they would hear whistles, they would hear voices. Um, Funny thing with the whistles. um, People still say they hear whistles. Yeah, ghost Ghost adventures. adventures. Someone said that when you hear a whistle, apparently after you hear a whistle, you die. Yeah. Soon after that. Not not like right that second. I think that also went into play with the doppelganger mm-hmm. thing. There was a, that, that, that ghost one adventures, tour guide. Yeah. That episode came out in 2010 and there was a tour guide at the time that said that he actually saw his doppelganger. So if anybody knows about the history of doppelgangers, you see your doppelganger, you supposedly die. So that was one report that was there also. Well, what's really cool is he was leading a group of people and he... Apparently they saw him and he just left the group. Right. And he was on a whole different floor thinking that they were with him and they weren't. So he went back to them and they're like, why did you leave us? And they they told him what he did. And he's like, yeah, that was not me. Yeah. How fucking creepy would that be? I don't. I would be like. Oh, that's right. He didn't see his doppelganger. He didn't see him. They did. But at the same time, he was in the vicinity of it. Right. He, they were like, why did you do that? And he's like, um, that wasn't me. Oh my God, that gives me chills. That's crazy to me. That just gives me chills. Um, another thing that's been explained even as far back to the 1980s are lights being seen inside oh, Waverly. Yeah. There has been no electricity inside Waverly Hills since the building has been inoperable. So since 1981, when the building shut down as the geriatric center, there's been no electricity in that building. So anytime people report seeing lights, that is definitely ghostly activity because there's no electricity in that building. They say Um, shadow people, orbs are a big thing. Orbs orbs are a big thing. Um, That one orb that that one guy caught in that documentary we were watching, he caught, it almost looked blue and had, like, lines in it with an eye in the middle. Was that the guy with the long hair with the hat? Because I think he was actually the director. I think, I believe he was the director was of he? Death Tunnel. Because he's the one that also got the same orb. And he said in his house, Mary, if you want to be in this picture, you can be in this picture. He took a picture and it was the same exact orb yeah. in his house. He also got uh, footage of the little girl. There's a little girl that holds a doll. Oh my God. There's a picture. Yeah. There's a, if you guys, I'm going to post actually, actually, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to post this documentary um, and tag it to the, to the podcast because you guys, this, it shows picture evidence. There's EVP evidence and it's really fucking creepy. They even show clips from the death tunnel movie. So I think that the guy that directed death tunnel as well as, uh, Tina and Charlie Mattingly were all involved of the shooting of this uh, documentary. Um, And it's really informative. I mean, even they talk about experiences they had, the actresses and the director, the producer. Yep. Pictures they got, feelings they got, everything, everything. Um, 
I know that, so the little girl is mostly seen, I'll go over some of the hauntings that have been reported that we've mentioned. Um, the little girl is seen on the third floor primarily. She plays hide and seek a lot. Um, there's been reports of a man in a white coat that's presumed to be a doctor that wanders the cafeteria. People have also reported smelling food coming from the cafeteria. Like that's in the movie. Like people are still cooking down there. Yeah, I got this from the book and from the documentary. That was, that was crazy. Um, there is a maintenance man that apparently wanders the grounds that worked there at one time. People call him Ralph. Um, one of the most famous, there's a couple of real famous hauntings there, or I guess more popular hauntings, is the little boy named Timmy and playing with the ball. So there's supposedly a little boy named Timmy that died there that anytime you bring a ball, um, he would usually play with a leather ball. I've Some reports I've heard a leather ball. Some reports I've heard a blue ball. But if you bring a ball there and roll it on the floor or bounce it, Timmy will bounce it back to you or roll it across the floor and play with it. So it's almost as if he wants you to play with him. Um, you can also find it on different floors. If you leave it on a floor and go away and come back, I've heard people say it's gone. It's and gone. then they'll yeah. find it on a different floor. Yep. So yeah. I know another uh, another real popular area is on. So there's certain floors. I know the third floor with the little girl, um, the very rooftop floor where they did, like we mentioned, a lot of the sunlight therapy that I talked about. Um, you can be you can hear children playing. Um, you can hear them singing Ring Around the Rosie. You That'd be them. creepy as fuck, yeah, that song dude. itself is fucking creepy. So <laughs> much less. Because mm, it, it sounds like one, two, Freddy's coming for you. The same tune, kind of. Same tune. And the so, other thing that scares me about that, too, well, not even so much scares me. It's scary and sad. See, so much of this is sad just to know how many kids died of tuberculosis. Like, that is just, that's horrifying. That's horrifying. Well, the EVP little, they caught, the, the one there. that said, I'm three years old. Yeah. Oh I was like, that was really fucking sad. Like, you hear stuff like that, and you're like, huh, but at the same time, you're like, holy fucking shit, that was a three-year-old kid. A, that's a baby, basically. Literally I mean, a baby. A, that is a baby. That's literally a baby. Um, there's also been reports of a lot of screams. Um, there's one of a woman that screams mainly on the first floor, help me, help me, help me, help me, somebody save me. Um... And then one of the most famous hauntings is room 502. It's mm-hmm. the fifth floor where the nurse's station was. Um, so there's actually, the only one that's actually been substantiated is a nurse in 1928 uh, who's, oh, let me pull up her name again because I literally just found this out. So I wanted to make, because every time I ever hear about this, she's always known as the hearse that hung herself, the hearse, the nurse, (laughs) hearse nurse, well, death, there you go. (laughs) Hearse that hung herself. She's always known as the nurse that hung herself in room 502. Like, I never hear a name. I never hear anybody mention it. And I, I kind of hate that because I feel like she deserves to have a name, especially to die in such a brutal way. I mean, not only suicide, but hanging yourself. Um, her name was Mary Hillenberg. Um, so, again, this was back in 1928. Uh, now, I know that Casper, like, just hit me with some new news that she brought up a different... Somebody actually gave some new information about this story, but the way the story's been passed around is that 
Mary Helen Berg was an unmarried uh, pregnant nurse. And in 1928, when she found out that she was pregnant, and supposedly the rumor mill was that she was pregnant by a doctor that worked on the grounds that was married, um, she found out that she had contracted TB, which means that she would have given her baby TB. And the fact that she was distraught over the baby and everything that she hung herself in the doorway. Um, eight years later, so this is a different story. This is in 1934. There was another nurse that worked there. Um, supposedly she was possessed by the disembodied spirit of Mary because people had said that she would act really strange, that she would almost seem like she was in a trance some days. People would try to call her name and she wouldn't respond. And one day she walked into room 502 and she jumped from the window balcony. Um, <clears throat> people still report um, seeing apparitions of the nurse, either Mary or this nurse. Now, the story of the nurse jumping out the window has not been substantiated. I haven't been able to find any reports of who that lady was. These are all just, again, rumor mills. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not sure if it's her or if it's Mary, but there have, every time people, this is one of the most haunted areas, people report being touched, they report being like tapped on the shoulder, whispered in the ear, or sometimes they'll even hear voices telling them to get out. Like, we don't even want you in this room. Um, so again, I don't know if that's the nurse that jumped out the window or if that was Mary that hung herself in the doorway. But um, I'll let Casper take over here real quick because like I said, she had someone on Twitter contact her more about the story of Mary. So this kind of gives more of an insight because again, a lot of this is all rumor, but she was a real woman and she was a nurse there that did kill herself. So, um, so I had someone contact me on Twitter and they actually just reached out and said, um, they want to remain anonymous. Um, I'm actually related to the famous nurse that haunts there and I know the real story behind it. So I asked if they'd like to share and they said, so basically she was cheating on their great uncle with a patient. So I guess she was dating this person's great uncle at the time, but you know, like me and Becky were talking about before you were pretty much confined to this place. Like you couldn't leave because more than likely you were, you were exposed to TB. You probably had it. Um, so she cheated with the patient, got pregnant, couldn't face the family that she cheated on or raise a child with tuberculosis. So her only option was to hang herself. So in a way, it's kind of the same. And, you know, you know, people can reach out to you and tell you stories and, you know, you can be like, eh, is that really true? But considering this person literally wanted to remain anonymous to the, due to the fact that it's very sensitive information, um, kind of makes me wonder, like, I'm, I'm like, I, I kind of believe this person because... They literally were like, I, this is sensitive to my family. My family wants to keep this under wraps. Um, so something like that, when you reach out and you tell me something like that and you want to remain anonymous, like, I'm, I'm number one, I'm going to respect you. And I, I believe your story. So I do, too. You know, I honestly think that if somebody's actually out there looking for fame, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, that they would immediately want to be. Oh no, here's my name. Tell my story. But I'm um, not saying that if you do that, you're not telling the truth either. That's that's not what we're saying. But with this this information is so sensitive because it is like 
you said, there are so many different ways this story has been taken. So many different ways. And for someone to be like, hey, this is actually what happened. And there's a real stigma. You know, there's still a stigma behind suicide even today. But you're talking about in the 1920s. Not only is this an unwed young mother. So, I mean, back then, like, uh uh-uh. That was, nope. You don't get... No. No, you don't get married without knowing who the father is. Or you don't get pregnant without knowing who the father is or not being married. I mean, that's a big no-no. Like, absolutely not. So not only to be this woman that's a young woman, a young nurse not married, finding out she's pregnant. You know, we've heard one story that was from a married doctor she had an affair with, but no, she did have an affair, but it was on a boyfriend that she had outside the hospital when this affair was actually with a patient. You know, that in itself is scandalous. So the affair, the baby, the suicide, I mean, just the whole story is just incredibly sad. I mean, it's just, it's just really depressing. And I I would think that, you know, there's probably still stigma with the family to this day. So now that we know a name of the nurse, I could see very well this person not wanting their name to be put out there with the family because, you know, it may come back on them. Because if we know the name of the nurse, it could come back to the family. So, you know, thank you for that story. We yeah, really do real, appreciate it because it's giving a different aspect. Like I said, there's so many rumors as to who this person was and why they did it. But we have a name. Her name was Mary Hillenberg. And that story really did happen. And it's just terribly, terribly tragic. Very sad. Um, the sanatorium, like we said, guys, it's still there. The Mattingly's still own it. They still operate ghost tours. Again, like we said, they are seasonal because there are no windows. We're actually planning, hopefully planning on oh, going God, this year. Oh, guys, I want to go. And um, the next, it's really funny because so Becky was like talking about going this weekend for the two-hour one. I was like, there's I was a like, two-hour tour this weekend. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pipe in and say no because there's a six-hour one. Overnight. That's overnight. And then she was like, oh. Yeah, let's do that one. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> 75 bucks, guys. 75 dollars, dude. If you can do it. If you're an amateur ghost hunter, if you're into From this stuff. From 12 a.m. to 6 a.m., I believe it is. And, and I honestly dollars. you're right. I do agree. You're going to need, if you, so I could see if maybe you're just kind of like a Frady cat. You're kind of into this stuff. Maybe not. You want to you want to kind of touch it, but you kind of want to just your, leave it alone. Dip your toe <laughs> in the water, totally get it. Do the two hour thing and run through it real quick. It's from like eight to ten. So I get that, but no, I want to be like in there. Mm-hmm. I want to be in the building. I want to be off doing my thing. I want to get some real solid. Evidence. I want the shit scared out of me. Okay, I don't want all that, <laughs> but I want. <laughs> Because I know what's going to happen anyway. I'm going to walk in there. It's going to be deathly quiet. I'm going to hear someone talk and be like, well, that was fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you and good night. I thought you said you wanted the shit scared out of you. <laughs> well, it has been. Okay. And goodbye. <laughs> and I'm out. And we're good. Because um, no matter what you do, anytime you ever come in contact with the spirit, it it is, it's, it's, I don't want to use the word scary, but it catches you off guard. It's always going to catch you off guard. Well, yeah, like we said, this place is definitely not anywhere that I believe evil inhabits because these were good people that just unfortunately had this deadly disease and were sent there to die. So to me, it just seems like it would be a very sad place. You know, I know I've mentioned many times before that I'm an eclectic witch and I will definitely do a prayer blessing before and after. Um, I highly recommend. 
look, guys, anybody that plans on going to a place like this or any place, I highly recommend despite, I, you know, whatever your religion is, whatever your belief system is, I highly recommend getting some type of blessing, if not before, definitely after, because places that are highly charged like this, I firmly believe they will follow you home. And please don't take anything from these places either. Mm, not I even a rock. Stretch, I cannot no. stress that more. Too many people do that. I've heard it so many times of people taking things from these places and thinking it's so harmless. A piece of drywall, a rock off the ground, some dirt, whatever. Don't, do, don't do it, guys. This is a very sacred space. To me, this is almost like a graveyard. Respect the dead. Respect these people. Don't do that. And something will follow you home. I just, I, I don't recommend that at all. I, I highly recommend going to a church or a shaman or whomever or whatever you believe in and getting some type of cleansing afterward or just saying a prayer to respect the dead, respect, show them the light, let them go forward, let them rest in peace. Please don't follow you home and just cleanse yourself because I, you know, things hold energy. Buildings hold energy. Objects hold energy. And especially in a place where people died so tragically, whether they were murdered or whether they died under really horrific circumstances, their souls are not at rest. So they're almost in a way finding peace. And they can sometimes do that in a way of attaching themselves to the living because they may not know they're dead or they may be suffering so much in the afterlife that that to them is their only way out. So yeah, just, that's just my two cents. Don't take anything from those places and do a cleansing. I just, I just recommend that. Um, there like, there's still all types of hauntings reported there. Um, and then I'll just go over quickly a few shows, um, that some ghost hunters have done, uh, just different paranormal, um, videos there, TV shows. Um, Celebrity Paranormal Project, Most Terrifying Places on Earth, Most Terrifying Places in America, Paranormal Lockdown, Ghost Asylum, um, and then, of course, Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters. And both of them, again, named Waverly Hills, one of the most haunted locations in America. Waverly Hills. Hills. Did I say place? Oh, no. God, don't make me. Don't tell no, me No, no, no. You said it. hills. I'm just making sure that everyone knows. <laughs> I'm like, don't tell me Waverly I did it. Waverly Hills. Hills. Yeah, don't you fucking start yeah, my good. bullshit. God, don't let me say it. Like, don't tell me I said it. Did I say it? Did I say it? Don't tell me I said it. Um, so there you go, guys. That is all of the info that we have on Waverly Hills. Um, like Casper said, she will post the link to that YouTube documentary that we both watched. Yes. Um, we highly recommend it. If you guys can find the uh, Ghost Adventures episode. Uh, it's season four um, was the episode. It was from October 8th of 2010. Um, so if you guys are able to find it, uh, I think it's season four, episode four, it might be episode four, season four. Yeah. The only place I could find it guys, I, I bought it on YouTube. It was $2. Um, if you guys can also, uh, there was a ghost, ghost hunters season that Josh Gates hosted where they did, um, a live Halloween episode from there. So that one was really interesting where people could like watch from home and if they saw things, you know, you're Ghost usually, Adventures has started doing that now too. Yeah, you're almost pretty guaranteed, from what I've heard, to see something there. Especially there, there's been reports that I've heard that if you go in with an open mind and if you treat these people with respect, like I mentioned, that you are more open and susceptible to to more experiences. I've had a couple people on Twitter contact me and say nothing happened, but I'm. 
I feel like something's gonna happen when I go. I really do, because I'm I'm a sensitive. We're both we're both sensitive. Yeah, we're both empaths. We're, so. We both feel stuff like that. I have no doubt something's gonna reach out to us. No doubt. Yeah. Which is terrifyingly awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you described it perfectly. Terrifyingly awesome. It's like I want something to happen. Same thing with the Borden house. I, I want, want something to happen. <laughs> but I want to keep the same underwear on. Yes, I do. I don't want to have to change my underwear. Don't want to shit my pants. I also have a two-hour drive home, and I don't want to have to drive my own shit. <laughs> We're just going to throw these away. <laughs> We need to go to Walmart. Yes. These are, those are the times where you literally just throw those underwear away. Yeah. It's just, it's done. They're done. You don't even try. You're done. You're done. You walk into Walmart and you're like, I need pants and I need underwear. What happened? I shit myself. I shit myself. <laughs> I went to Waverly Place. God damn it. <laughs> Hills. I went to. <laughs> that counts as half a shot. <laughs> I went to Waverly Hills and I. Say no more, fam. Say no more. Right. Underwear over pants there. over here. <laughs> Aisle 12. They have their own Gosh. section called Waverly Hills Pants. <laughs> like and underwear. <laughs> they literally, Did you shit yourself? We got you right here. They should just do that like that as you're really leaving funny. the sanatorium. There like, should be like a tiny gift shop. Here's your I complimentary like. underwear and pants. Thank you for visiting. Here's your complimentary underwear and pants. <laughs> That would be so fucking great. We should totally tell them about that. When we go, we should be like, you know, you guys should start like, instead of a lemonade stand, you should have an underwear and pants stand where it's like, it has your logo on it, but like you buy them. And then when we go in and shit ourselves, we can throw away our shit and then put on your shit. Or just wear adult diapers before you go. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) She's like, solution. (laughs) (laughs) They got those cute little Depends. Just wear these Depends. With no panty lines. Like, I don't know. Says Waverly Hills on the ass. (laughs) (laughs) What did you get? I depend. It depends. On these. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get your Waverly Hills? It depends. Gotcha. No. Oh, my God. Oh, good God, guys. Well, some of you. Some of you need some Depends for your Jesus cheese. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I choked. This Jesus cheese can't be done for you. <laughs> oh God! This just keeps getting worse. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. We need to end this. We need to end this. <laughs> oh Lord! Oh my goodness! Okay, we're done. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. I'm sorry. Oh my she goodness! Got me all choked up. And Casper's dying. And. Uh, yeah, thanks guys. We 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 always appreciate it when you guys turn tune in, turn in, tune in. Um this is our this is this is literally everything that we look forward to. We know you guys look forward to it. We every look forward Wednesday. to doing it. We look forward to doing it because we're best friends. We love each other. We love you guys. We we enjoy doing this just as much if not more than you guys enjoy listening to it. So thank you. And we know it was funny, but we also hope you guys learn a lot, and we also hope you guys visit, too. So, thank you. Next week is going to be a bit dark. We'll try to keep it uh, light as best as possible. Um, next week is our True Crime uh, episode featuring one of our my best friends, Mackenzie. We will be doing an episode all about Jeffrey Dahmer. And I have 
forewarn you, it's going to be long. <laughs> there is a lot of episode episodes, what? There's a lot of information about him, and, you know, we may go into two, a little over two hours, but, you know, at the same time, Jeffrey Dahmer is a lot of people's favorite serial killer. He's a very interesting man. Um, he's my personal favorite. He's Mackenzie's favorite. He's one of Becky's favorites. Yep. Um, right under Bundy. So it's it's he's just so fascinating and he's so fascinating to learn about. So we will be taking our time and really going over his life. Um so it it might go a little long, but we really want to make sure that we cover him in full because he he's he's something. He's just got a really fascinating story. Um you know, we know our Bundy episode was two hours long, and that had a lot to do with just giving you as much backstory into Bundy's psyche that led into these murders. And that's very similar to Dahmer. You know, we really want to give you a lot of details into Dahmer's psyche that led him into some of the most brutal murders in U.S. history. So um, we're really looking forward to that. We are so excited. We're really excited about having Mackenzie on because we love having guests and she's very passionate. Yeah, it'll be awesome. And it's it's she's one of those people that you go see horror movies with and she talks like she's she's one of those people that's like, Oh shit. Oh no, you didn't. You're fucking stupid. She's one of those people, but it's not like the annoying you know, there's people that do it in an annoying way. She doesn't do it in an annoying way, she's just funny. Like, it's just, I love sitting next to her in she horror should, movies. Guys, she's seriously one of those people that should do, like, those YouTube review videos, like... Oh, my God, she'd be perfect The funniest that. ones was like, bitch, why'd you run up the stairs? Don't she, drop that knife. Don't go in there. Bitch, what? Like, I mean, it's the funniest. And like we said, it's not obnoxious. It's absolutely hysterical. It's what you're thinking while you're watching it. She just says that Everything audibly. you're thinking, she ain't got that filter. She just says it, and this is why we love her. So, it's fucking like, great. it's perfect. It's it's absolutely perfect. So we can't we can't. My wait. favorite, my personal favorite is when she goes, "Bitch, what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and where she goes, "Girl, girl." <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited to have her on this. It's gonna be a great episode. Girl, bitch, um, what the fuck, bitch? Um, and then okay, so last but not least, um, in May we are doing a cryptids episode. Yeah, May is gonna be a lit month too. We're lit. excited. Lit. Um, uh, what is the date? That we're doing so the our episode. cryptid episode is actually and we could not have planned this better it's exactly four weeks from this episode so it's going to be on may 15th it's another listener episode this time all about cryptids so we're going to give you guys since we're planning in advance we're going to give you guys as much time as possible we figure about a month is a good amount of time to send us all of your stories if any of you have had any encounters with any type of cryptid stories. I mean, there's so many out there. Even some we mentioned before. Wendigo, werewolves, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, Mothman, Jersey Devil, Frogman, whatever the fuck that stupid shit is. And Go I, Cincinnati. I sent her, I found a great book at the library. I'm loving the library, guys. Weird Ohio. I sent it to her. There is yep. a Loveland Frogman. It exists. Um, even Ohio has our Bessie. We have our own Nessie in Lake Erie, apparently. And um, Bessie Nessie. Yeah. Even guys, even aliens. If anybody's had any oh, yeah, alien aliens. encounters, if you've seen UFOs, like all of that counts. So please, yes. Um, 
What's the email? Oh, um, if you do have any of those, feel free to email us. And please email. It'd be easier to do the emails than the messaging on Facebook and Twitter. Just because it's all in one spot. Uh, So if you do have any of those stories and you be as lengthy as you want, that's fine. It's at dfwto8493 at gmail.com. Yep. And again, let us know if you want us to give permission to use your name. Yes. If not, we'll just say anonymous. Um, So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. May is going to be – we literally discovered just a couple weeks ago that May actually has five weeks in it instead of four weeks. So you guys are getting an extra week of Don't Fuck With The Original – um, our May 1st episode is going to be our amazing Skeletons in the Closet interview. Which, by May, the way, surprise, guys. We yeah, interviewed we the director it. and the co-director, and I met them at Whorehound, and they were awesome. It's Shout out amazing, to Tony Wash and Ben Lewandowski. It's an amazing independent horror film, guys. It's yes. an anthology, an 80s anthology. It's, it's amazing, and we had a great, great interview with them. Um, May 8th, the following week, is going to be our Pet Cemetery episode, so we're going to be doing the old... Pet Cemetery and the new remake. Um, again, the 15th, the cryptid episode. Send all of those emails, dfwto8493 at gmail.com. Um, May 22nd, it, this may be a bit of a controversial one, but we're going to do uh, Mothers That Kill. So it's going to be an episode about women that have killed their kids. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, and then last but not least, the end of May is going to be our Bobby Mackie episode. So we're bringing you another Woo. haunted location, um, local, and uh, we're going to try to do as many local uh, haunted spots as we can. Try to keep it at least in what we call our tri-state, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky area, maybe even some from Michigan, some that are close enough because eventually at some point, uh, Becky and I or Casper and I are going to go to these locations. Like we're going to go to Step Cemetery. We're going to go to Waverly Hills. Maybe, maybe Bobby, Bobby, maybe Mac- Bobby Mackey's. If you guys know the Bobby Mackey story, you'll get why we're kind of iffy. Again, I said about shit following you home. Um, but we can't wait to bring that episode to you because I'm really excited about doing research about that place. And then, so. of course, you know, we'll always like do a two-parter where after we come back, we'll like talk about our experiences and uh, what happened. So, yeah. and if we get if we capture any evidence as well, we'll of course post all of that. Oh gosh, so, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. faux show. Any EVPs, video evidence we get, we will definitely be posting for sure. Yes. So, um, like we said earlier, we have a new platform. We are on now on Spotify. So Woo! give us a follow if you can. Which, to be honest, this is huge for me because it's always been my dream to have a podcast on Spotify, and it's crazy to me that. A podcast on Spotify. So um you can follow us there. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Don't Fuck With The Original. We are on Castbox, Podcast Player, and Podbean at Don't Fuck With The Original. And then Twitter at Don't Fuck With The Original. And then the handle is DFWTO8811. Um and again a quick shout out to our sponsor guys, Calm Your Body Down. Um again my company that's been such a labor of love. Um if you love bath bombs who doesn't love bath bombs? I mean, seriously, guys. Stupid. People. Everybody loves bath bombs. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're 
stupid. You're just full of Jesus cheese. You're just stupid and full of Jesus cheese and probably can't shit. And oh, so God. you need to take a bath because you need to relax and get it out. Um, no. There's a lot going on. Uh, right there. There's so much going on. <laughs> uh, so no. Um, so I, they're homemade, all natural uh, ingredients. Um, I have very sensitive skin. Anybody out there that's had really sensitive skin that have used over-the-counter products that you just are worried about, you're reading the ingredients, you're like, what the fuck is sodium benzoate? If you got to Google anything, you probably shouldn't use it. So um, these are homemade products you can probably find in your own home. They're all natural. Bath bombs, um, there's body creams available, peppermint, vanilla. Um, I will be announcing some new products that are to come. Um, but if you're interested, calmyourbodydown.com for more information about the products. And the Etsy shop is uh, etsy.com slash shop slash calmyourbodydown. And um, follow the page on Instagram at C as in cat, your Y-O-U-R, B as in boy, D as in dog. Um, I'll be posting pictures, different things. Um, also to, since they are a new sponsor, we did want to put out there and, uh, I know I posted, uh, apparently this has been confusing to some people about following me, the, or following the calm your body down page, the don't fuck with the original page for free shipping. Um, I'm going to work with Etsy about just having a promo code for the free shipping, um, so I will announce that on the C at C or BD Instagram page. Um, so basically it'll just be a coupon code that you can put into the Etsy shop that you will get free shipping if it is your first time item purchase. And if you follow the podcast, uh, don't fuck with the original page as well as the calm your body down page. So, um, look forward to that. And I thank you for all the support. All right, guys. I think that wraps it up. <clears throat> Dahmer next week, Yay! baby. Excited. Dahmer next week. I'm so excited. We'll be doing a Dahmer. We'd, oh, God. We will be doing a Dahmer. <laughs> Jesus. Also, um, one more thing. I swear to God, we'll <laughs> leave you alone. If you haven't seen the movie My Friend Dahmer, watch it. Yes. Um, it is completely about his... Um, Early life before he starts um, his murders and actually the very end is kind of amazing. So um, Ross Lynch plays Jeffrey Dahmer, which go Ross Lynch because now all I see is Harvey from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> He's doing but it, man. I, he I, did a great job as Dahmer. He looks like Dahmer. He acts like Dahmer. He he just he he did a great job. So he was amazing. He was absolutely amazing. It's actually a um, little backstory on it. It's based on a comic book by a uh, guy named Durf Backdurf. And Durf actually went to high school in Bath, Ohio with Jeffrey Dahmer. Yep. And wrote this comic book based on the time in high school that he had with him. So um, please see it, guys. I think I think you can pretty much. I think it's on On Demand. Amazon. I watched it on HBO, but I'm um, not sure. It's, I'd say it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Any any cable on demand, video on demand, I'm sure you can find it. But yeah, bravo, Ross Lynch. You're doing great things. Thank you for this movie. Thanks for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, he's also got a great band named Driver Era that I've become a new big fan of. So. Hosier mixed yes. with the Gorillas. It's and a great band. You're thinking, what the fuck? No, it really is. Check and it's out. incredible. I love them. Check me out. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week and have an awesome week. And remember, don't fuck with the original. And Wednesdays are for a podcast. Get your Jesus chase. <laughs>